Welcome in to Blitz and Buckets. My name is Kane Schwartz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jaden Kozak. And our special guest star today is Mitchell McDonald. How are you doing, Mitchell? I'm doing pretty good, Kane. I'm glad to be on here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We, uh, ever since the NFL ended, we're looking, looking for ways to fill up some time because these sports weeks that we got coming up, it's going to be sort of slow. So we're going to start bringing in some guests, talking, taking their sports takes, and it'll be a good time. We'll figure it out, figure it out as we go along. So with that, let's hop into some NBA talk. Now, some of the most recent news headlining this week, we got Andre Drummond being thrown around in trade rumors, and it's looking like he's definitely going to be moving on because he's not even playing until he's going to be de- dealt. So what kind of possible trade destinations are you boys thinking? Jaden, I'll take your take first. So before this, we were both thinking, you know, between it's got to be a three-team trade because I, I was thinking Boston. I, I feel like they're the top destination for a lot of guys. They have no – or for a lot of people, they have no big men presence really at all, especially rebounding. I mean, like the Lakers may be in that conversation, but I think Boston fits the best. And – if you're talking Boston, especially with Drummond's deal, there's not really anything you can do there because they don't have, you know, the young guys to send really that aren't you know, Tatum or Jalen Brown. So right. my little thing that I thought of was, you know, a trade that sent Drummond to Boston and sent Kemba to Orlando and sent, you know, the Magic send Fournier, Terrence Ross, and maybe like a first or something like that uh, to Cleveland in that deal. And I feel like that's, that makes sense because, you know, Orlando Vucevic is having a really good year. Like a lot of people aren't talking about the year that Vucevic is having. And yeah, definitely. And some monster games for sure. Like stat headlines for sure. Yeah. And Kemba, you know, could push them into a lower playoff seat. I feel like they, they have to realize that this may not be their year, but you know, next year you'll have uh, Isaac coming back from that. uh, I believe it was an Achilles injury and, Aaron Gordon may be back next year. So yeah, faults will be back. So, and then you've probably got a solid draft pick. I mean, another late lottery pick that you can add in and maybe they are able to make a run, probably not up there with the top teams, but I mean, if you're Orlando, what do you, what do you have right now? Right. You've got to start making a push at some point. I mean, at some points last season. Yeah. You, you go ahead, miss. We'll take it away, bro. You can't just let Vucevic just literally drag the corpse of a team. I mean, they have Aaron Gordon, too. They have the foundation, some solid role players here and there, but they got to make a push. The East is so weak. If they want any shot, they have to push. Right, definitely. I think – I mean, the Magic pretty much bordered on a playoff spot last year. It wouldn't take much to put them over the hump, and I think a guy like Kemba – Personally, as a Boston fan, I have not been happy at all with what Kemba has given us because he was supposed to step in right for Kyrie and he was basically supposed to replace or even do better than Kemba or Kyrie's production because Kyrie, there were stats that were coming out when he was with us that it was like we almost played better without Kyrie and we needed to get him out of town. And we brought in a guy like Kemba because we needed that point guard presence. And I thought that was going to be what we needed to possibly even win a championship. 
but it hasn't even been near there. I think injury is definitely still in play there. Like, I don't think he's completely healthy. Yeah. I don't think he's completely healthy at all. It's been a lingering issue. And I mean, he he sort of is starting to get up there in veteran number. Like he's starting to be in the veteran age. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. My thing, my thing with Kemba is like, he kind in Charlotte, he had to be the man. He's not used to taking second seat to anybody and he's not a spot up shooter. He has to be off the dribble Mm -hmm. and it's just not working the way Tatum and Brown play. So. Right. I'd rather have smart running the offense, honestly, Mm -hmm. as bad as that sounds. And as much of a liability as he is on offense, Mm -hmm. I'd want it. Yeah, Mitch, I definitely agree with you. I think Marcus smart would look good running the offense. I mean, he's definitely not your ideal point guard. But he does have times where he can shoot. I mean, he's not going to put up 20 points a game. But he distributes the ball decently well, and he can shoot decently well. And he knows our offense. He's been there the, some of the longest time on the team. And I could definitely see Marcus Smart running the offense. And not to mention, defensively, that's probably his best attribute. So I could see a guy like Marcus Smart running the offense – I think more like I'm not concerned about the point guard position if we lose Kemba. It's just our center position needs to be addressed like right now. And yeah, it, at this point, we can't just keep putting Tice out at the three point line. We mm-hmm. have Brown and Tatum already. We already have our playmakers on the offense. There's no need to have a third guy with Kemba anymore. Right. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, he hasn't been a factor since he's gotten there anyway. So I, I'd love to, I'd like to see us move Kemba. Love is a strong word, but I'd like to see us move Kemba. Cause I was really excited when he got there, but it just hasn't worked out the way I saw it working out, but I would love to see Drummond in a Celtics uniform. I think he brings that. We just need a pre- We need some height that we can put down there and we need that like, rim protecting presence like Tice is serviceable on defense people try to say he's good at defense he's not good at defense like yeah he, he's meh yeah. right he's like serviceable at defense at best and his offensive output is barely anything so a guy like Drummond you're not going to get huge offensive numbers but it's definitely a bump from Tice and a huge defensive bump and one of the best rebounders in the league so oh yeah we need we need someone like him to just keep up with Embiid at this point. Yeah. Otherwise, definitely. we're going to get killed in the paint. Yeah. And that would be a bummer to see because our rivalry with the Sixers is just fearsome. And I could see the smiling grin smiles. on Jaden. Yeah. <laughs> the grin on Jaden's face with the MVP contender, Joel Embiid, looking pretty solid this year. But okay, the, with a guy like Drummond – we could definitely compete with them because every six or Celtics game that I've watched so far this year, it's like, Oh, it's so frustrating having a guy like Joel out there. Yeah. It's send smart. It's, and it, it's even frustrating, more frustrating for me because I get to watch him go score 11 points in the first six minutes. And then they start sending smart down every time he turns his back to the basket and right. it's just, he's just swatting at him and trying to poke the ball out. So honestly, I don't know. I'm not even opposed to you all getting Drummond because maybe you won't be so inclined to send him down all the time and we'll let him beat eat. 
I mean, letting Embiid eat against Andre Drummond, like he's not going to eat against Andre Drummond. He's going to eat on a guy like Daniel Tice. And even though Marcus Smart is that pesky defender against Joel, I'd still like to see Andre versus Marcus Smart in the post, you know? So we could still send doubles. What are we worried about Ben Simmons shooting? Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) The shots are being fired. Yeah, 42 last night. I don't want to hear anything. Oh, no, no Ben slander tonight. None of that Ben slander. But yeah, I mean, we definitely need somebody to compete with the Sixers because we, that rivalry is so fierce. And it's like, I hate to see what's going on right now with the Celtics. And I just like, I, we had the dominated that rivalry for so like for years, like probably like three years. I, in my opinion, it felt like every time we played the Sixers, We We just just, had their number. Right. Exactly. And I'd, I'd like to see the rivalry get a little bit more interesting. So we'll see what happens. Any other possible trade destinations you boys are thinking Jaden start with you. I mean, I I'm, I'm still bald in Orlando. I think in a, in a trade that sends him to Boston, I feel like that's my only one that really makes a whole lot of sense. But if you're talking about trading Kemba somewhere, Miami comes up because, you know, they've got Harrow, Duncan Robinson. They've got a lot of young pieces that I don't know if they really fit their timeline right now because I feel like they're still in win-now mode. I mean, you go to the finals last year, your best player's getting into his 30s. You've got – you're still in win-now mode, so you've got to push those guys for guys that can help you win now. Mm -hmm. Outside of Boston – I, I really don't feel like there's a team that has the assets to right. get Drummond that needs Drummond, what he mm-hmm. brings, which is almost so not solely rebounding, but that's what you're asking him for. And yeah. Boston is the main team that needs that. Right. Definitely. I mean, Boston is sitting in the best position right now. They, they just need that centerpiece to push like to, we could even finish. I don't know if we're going to finish first in the East at this point, but we're like, a top team in the East, top two, top three, if we get a solid center like Drummond there. But you brought up an interesting point with Kemba. Him going to the Heat made me think about maybe Kelly Olynyk making his way back to Boston. I definitely could see that happening. I mean, he was not the starting center we're going to look for, but I think that's something that should be said. I think Olynyk fans have been wanting Olynyk back for years, and if – in a trade that sent Kemba to the Heat, I could see Olenek being thrown in that package as somewhat of a minor part of the deal. Definitely. So one team that I could see maybe it happening, maybe the Wizards. They need really nobody's rebounding on that team. They lost yeah. Thomas Bryant for the season. Right. You have Russ and Beal. Just Russ will obviously be the cutter. Drummond just eats up the boards while Beal does what Beal does. Right. I just like, I don't know I, if they have the piece to get that done either. Yeah, yeah. I also feel like they may be too far down in the hole. Right. Like, like, I mean, the East is so tightly mm-hmm. packed this year, this early, but I mean, they're 14th right now. I mean, I know again, like you could win three straight games and jump like five spots, but right. I don't know if they're ready for the playoffs right now. And with Beal, you know, there's, he came out and said, you know, he still wants to be there. But mm-hmm. there's always going to be those rumors swirling. If a team calls and gives them an offer that they like, they're going to ship him out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, 
I can't like with Beal and his comments, more of the reason that I saw them moving Beal was going to be because Beal was unhappy. But if Beal comes out and says that he wants to be in Washington, I don't know if I see a deal getting done. Like, I think it definitely hurts the chances of a deal getting done. But I think you're right. If a deal is offered to the Wizards, who are obviously not making the playoffs and obviously are going to look to re – I mean, actually, they aren't really looking to rebuild. If they're getting a guy like Russ in a trade for John Wall yeah. – I was about, Yeah, I was about to say they're looking to rebuild, but I, it's just not – not really the truth. They should. What'd you say? It was it was a retool. Like you know, you come back, try and run it back with a different group of guys. They've just. I think they if they're in the trade market for somebody like Drummond would be nice, but they're missing everything that is an offense. And you really, really, really could use a perimeter defender because if you do sneak into the playoffs, you're probably going to be looking at a bottom two, three seed. In which case, you'd probably face Brooklyn. You'd probably face Milwaukee, maybe Philly, Boston. You know, if you face up against one of those guys and you've got no perimeter defense, you're looking at KD, Harden, Giannis, Tatum, Brown. I mean, obviously on your interior. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to have something to compete with those guys. You might be able to score. Like the, uh, it was a few weeks ago they played Brooklyn and were, they both scored 150 because they both have that same problem. But, if you can't, if you don't have at least one guy that you can throw at somebody, you're going to really struggle in the playoffs. Right. Definitely. Definitely agree there. And against those top teams in the East, I mean, the East almost looks, I'm more afraid of the top teams in the East versus the top teams in the West. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's very top heavy this year. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Definitely. So, moving on from the trade talk, we got the All-Star game coming up here. And for the podcast, we all made our picks that we'd like to share with you folks. So, any of you boys want to lead the charge, go ahead with your picks. All right. I'll go first. Let's do it. So, at guards, I got Seth Curry having a great year. I think that's undebatable. You boys have any debate on that point or – I got I'm, no argument there. Right. No, yeah. not at all. Definitely. And then I got Luca coming up next there. I think that's undebatable. Struggling on the Mavs, but it's kind of the same case with Steph. I mean, the numbers he's putting up, he's obviously the best player on the court when he's playing. And I don't think there's much debate there on him being an all-star game this year. Oh, yep. oh yeah. So I've got a little bit of a spicy pick coming up next. I want to hear your thoughts about it. I have CP3 coming in as a guard in the All-Star game. I like that. You like it? I wouldn't pick him myself, but I'm a CP3 fan, so. Yeah. I think I think a lot of it had to do with my heart. Like, I'd love to see CP3 <laughs> in another All-Star game. And, I mean, it, it is fan voting, so – might be leaning towards CP3. And look what he's done with the Suns so far this year. I don't think the Suns would be in the position that they're in without CP3. I agree. Oh, no. 17 and 9 right now. There's this team was horrible last year. They were lucky yeah. to even make it to the bubble. Right. They did show out in the bubble. Yes. Yeah, I will grant them that, but they definitely wouldn't be where they're at without CP3. He's the perfect player for that team because their problem was letting Booker control the ball too much and 
Booker is great, but not as a primary ball handler. And if you add a veteran leader in Chris Ball, one of the best ball handlers ever, one of the highest IQ guys ever, he makes it a lot easier for Booker to do what he can do well. Right. And you put him on a team like, yeah, you go ahead, Mitch. Yeah. Booker's not quite a facilitator. He's a shooter, but he's not quite a passer yet. Yeah, definitely. And he was almost kind of being forced into that role somewhat early on in his career. And he's not that kind of guard. You know, he's pure scorer. And you put a guy like CP3 there, let D-Book do what he does best. And it's going to turn out well. And it has turned out well so far this year. But like CP3, he's second in the league in assists this year. And I mean, his points, like they're respectable. I think he's coming in about over 15 points per game. So maybe close to, I think it might've been closer to 18. I'm not sure. But yeah, I like CP3's chances at the all-star game this year. I'd love to see it. And I think he definitely has a shot. So my fourth guard coming up here is Mr. Damian Lillard. I think he showed out so far this year. Blazers are sort of struggling, but I mean, the year that Damian Damian Lillard's having, I don't think it's MVP caliber or anything, but it's a great year nonetheless. What are your thoughts on that pick? I definitely agree. I mean, the the Blazers' struggles are definitely no fault of his own. I believe it is attributed more so to injuries than anything. McCollum has missed decent time. Nurkic has missed time. And, you know, those are a lot of their main guys. They've been able to shoot the ball really well all year, but they haven't really been able to – more or less rebound and defend and a lot of the problems that the wizards are having and without dame they don't have somebody that can create their own shot mm-hmm. outside of dame oh. right yeah i agree on dame but i'm kind of surprised you left out donovan mitchell that's what i was thinking too Doing pretty good yeah he's about 24 six and six and leading the jazz to number one c that was that was where i was like I mean, no disrespect to CP3. Like, what he's doing with the Suns is good. But I like what Mitchell's doing a lot better with uh, Utah. Yeah. I mean, I saw D. Mitch sitting there. And, like, when I was putting my picks together. And I just, like – I mean, they're good numbers. Don't get me wrong. I looked at the numbers, and they're good numbers. But, like, he's not leading the league in anything necessarily. And he's not even, like, top four in anything. So – I know that all-star voting isn't just based on stats, but I mean, the stats look good, but he's not like super, super stellar in any category. And I n- understand that the jazz are having a great year this year. I just like, I like CP three over Donovan, like out of Steph, Luca, Damian and Donovan, I'd rather sub in CP three for Donovan over any of those other guys. Yeah. You know, so yeah. those are my thoughts there. Jaden, you want to go ahead with your guards in the West? Uh, I've got, yeah, I've got much of the same Steph, Luca, Dame, and then I've got D. Mitch. And then my front court for the West was LeBron, Kawhi, and Jokic is for the three starters. I feel like there's not much debate there, at least for those three guys. And then my backup unit was Paul George, Gobert. And then I had a little trouble with that last one, because I had between Christian Wood and Anthony Davis, which doesn't sound right coming out of my mouth, but I was looking at it and I was, you know, I thought maybe because AD's missed some games and then I realized Wood missed games, but I, I can't not say Anthony Davis would make an all-star or, 
yeah, not say Anthony Davis wouldn't make an all-star game over Christian Wood just because of name value. He's, yeah. you know, coming off that championship. Oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. definitely think Anthony Davis would make the all-star game over Christian Wood. Yeah, me too. I didn't have Christian Wood on my list either. I picked AD. Um, Christian Wood's having a great year so far, and he's going to do great things in the future. And I can see him making at least two all-star games, three all-star games. Like, he's going to be a great player in the future. I just probably not his year this year. Yeah. So as far as the rest of my West squad comes out, I got LeBron, Kawhi, PG, and then I've got Zion in there. Just because I think it's – he's having a pretty good year. And it's like seeing Zion in the All-Star game is going to be exciting. Like I would like to see that. And I think a lot of other people would like to see that. So I've got Zion making a spot on the West and at the centers, I've got Jokic and I've got AD in there. So Jokic obviously having an MVP, MVP caliber season this year, no questions there. So that wraps up my West squad. Mitch, how about you? Yeah. The only thing different from Jaden's I had is I swapped out PG for Zion I, I think the hype's behind him more, especially with all the slander PG's gotten after the playoffs. Yeah. You got to right. imagine people are going to want to see Zion basically in a game where they're just going to let you where dunk it's, nonstop. It's his, it's, 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 it's his entire game is the all-star game. Like, that's his thing. I would be surprised if Zion, like, I mean, he's not on my team, but I'd imagine he does make it due to the fan vote. And I wouldn't mm. be surprised if he wins MVP because a lot of people are going to feed him to see what he can do. Right. Yeah, a lot of the older guys want to see what he can do. I agree with that. And it'll be fun. It probably – it's not going to be like the all-star games of old, but, you know, it is what it is. COVID world, COVID sports, got to do what you got to do. So, moving on to the East. Myself, starting, I got Mr. James Harden and Mr. Bradley Beal at guard. Any debates there between you boys? No, very. I put – I put Kyrie just because he's yeah. had a good year and Beal got a lot of slander last year and didn't make it averaging 29. Right. I don't, I don't feel like they have the fan voting quite there. and Kyrie hasn't done enough to disprove earning an all-star vote. Yeah, I agree. Kyrie's having a great year. The Nets are definitely starting to turn around here, but I think Bradley Beal has gotten enough disrespect at this point. I can't see him being disrespected for another year. Like, I think this is a year. If any, he's averaging the most points in the league. Um, At forward, I got KD and Giannis starting. And then I got Mr. Joel Embiid coming in at the center position. And then as my backup squad, I got Zach Levine and Jalen Brown. And I've got Julius Randle, which I thought was a little bit of an interesting pick myself. Thought it a little bit spicy, but then I got Jason Tatum and Vucevic. And that rounds out my East squad. But I saw some interesting looks at Julius Randle. What are your thoughts? I, I had Randle too. I think I think that's a I mean, it's a pick that's gonna surprise a lot of people just because like if you're not a Knicks fan or mm-hmm. you know, if you're not paying attention to fantasy basketball or whatever, you're not going to think of Julius Randle as somebody that should make an all-star team just because there was no hype leading into the season about, you know, any, any momentum he had. But my squad, I had start lineup is James Harden, Beal, KD, Giannis Embiid. 
And then my backup unit is Kyrie. Really wanted to say Ben Simmons, but I went with Jalen Brown, Julius Randle, Sabonis, and Vucevic. Gotcha. Good pick with Jaden. Good pick with Jalen over Ben. I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. My starters were a little Nets heavy with Katie, Harden, and Kyrie, and then I had Giannis and Embiid. We right. all had pretty similar starters. I feel like they're somewhat unanimous. Mm-hmm. But then for my backups, I had Beal as backup and Jalen making it as a guard. And then for forwards, I, I we're all in agreement. Randall deserves it. I could see him being a snub just because it's the Knicks, but right. he's earned it. And then yeah. I have Sabonis and Vucevic as my other two guys. Sabonis gotcha. has had a sneaky good year. A guy who's mm-hmm. a hell of a facilitator for a guy at the power forward position, averaging about 25 and 11 too. Yeah. yeah. With about six assists. He's shown out. Yeah, yeah. Him and Brogdon keeping the Pacers in East contention. Right. Definitely. And imagine what that team looks like when Karras comes back. Yeah. I mean – is there even a timeline for that? Like, I, it's, it's kind of been right now. Right, it's kind I of saw, been wishy-washy. I saw at least two months before he picked up a basketball from that initial intake of him. Jeez, to even pick it up. Yeah. Right. So he yeah. maybe playoffs, but mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't sound too optimistic there. You know, mm-hmm. but. With Julius Randle, I want to touch on that a little bit more. I looked the other day. He leads the Knicks in every major category. He leads them in assists. He leads them in rebounds, and he leads them in points. That is insane. What an impressive dude. I don't know how a guy like that doesn't make the playoffs. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that, like, 20 20- – Or a playoffs. All-star game. All-star. Jeez. <laughs> Silly. Anyway, a lot of that – A lot of that – Lakers squad from a few years ago, you know, they had that big group of young guys. They've been show- – I mean, outside of Russell, who was the one that looked like the best of all of them, has been pretty much a no-show all year. But Randall's having a great year. Jordan Clarkson is – I feel like he's a lock for sixth man of the year right now. Like, he's playing extremely well, leading that bench for Utah, which was a huge problem for them last year. Brandon Ingram continues to trend up. And Larry Nance was also having a good year before he got injured a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely in agreement, sir. So that rounds out our all-star selection. So let's move on to some NFL talk this week. Leading towards the uh, leading towards the top of the headlines this week, we got JJ Watt moving out of Houston, requesting a release, getting that release, and where he ends up, we don't know. I mean, I can't think of any like possible destinations off the top of my head. Any thoughts from you boys? I mean, obviously I'd love to see him in black and gold. Like there's, you know, no secret there that both of his brothers are in Pittsburgh. We're a team that is not extremely win now, but our window is probably going to close after this year, unless we hit on some big quarterback. And I think he could finish his career. I'd I'd imagine he'd love to finish his career with his brothers and this is going to be his only opportunity to do so unless TJ Watt hates me and decides to leave in free agency next year, (laughs) but it would, it would take a lot. And like, obviously that's the big media thing is like, Oh, he's going to go play with his brothers, but we've got Cam Hayward still. And we've got to it still. We've got to resign Bud Dupree. Like there's a lot going on just on the defensive line. 
mm-hmm. and that we'd probably have to, you know, move to it out, whether it be to trade him or whatever. But I think Green Bay is one to talk about. And I also think that Buffalo is another good team that could go after JJ. Yeah, definitely. About your Steelers thoughts, I definitely agree with you there. I think he'd definitely be willing to take a pay cut to play with his brothers. And I think a key point there is he's going to want to win it. Like he's going to be in line to win a championship. Like he's going to want to put himself in position to win a championship. And as funny as it is for me to make fun of the Steelers, I think despite the terrible end of season, they're definitely like a top five team in the NFL. Like I can't argue that. You know, and you put a guy like J.J. Watt there and he might not make a huge impact at this point, but he's he definitely be in line for a Super Bowl there. Yeah. So I think a lot of the right pieces are moving in the right direction for him to go to Pittsburgh. But what are your thoughts, Mitch? My logical pick is the Buffalo Bills. They almost entirely lack pass rush and they need anything. Mm-hmm. But my heart, as a Chargers fan, <laughs> wants to see him and Bosa, the two guys who were double teamed the most in the league, it opens it up for both of them, and we're an up-and-coming team. So right, I would love to see that duo. I imagine they're both going to be nearing double-digit sacks regularly, yeah. if that's possible at all. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I think – that's definitely possible with the – like, I would say he could come to Washington, but we literally don't have room for him. We don't. Like, we have four first-rounders on the D-line. There's no way we could fit him in there. So We don't want J.J. Watt is yeah. a sentence that has we never been We don't said. want J.J. Watt. That's the headline. If we're being realistic, who wouldn't want J.J. Watt? Yeah. yeah. If like, you find a space for him, you get him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We could have him play corner. I'm cool with that. Put him at fullback. Oh, fullback? He'd go crazy at fullback. Following the steps of his brother? Come on. Yeah. I'd love to see it. Yeah. I'd love to see it. So, anyway, I don't think that means anything good for the Deshaun Watson situation at all. Like, I think it just gets more dismal every single day. Like, He's definitely, if I had, if there was any hope of him playing in a Texans uniform again, it's all been lost with JJ leaving. Yeah. So I agree. Definitely. I, they just seem so set in their ways. He clearly doesn't want to be there and they're, they're just trying to prove a point. It seems like. Yeah, definitely. I, I, it's so weird. Like there's always those organizations. It seems like every two years that just gets like, you're just, you just look at them and you're like, that's just a bad organization. And they turn it around. They get the front office. Like they, like there's a culture thing wrong with the Houston Texans. There was a problem with the culture in Washington, not too long ago, but once you get a fresh set of guys in there, it'll turn around, but the Texans need to clean house. Like that's a toxic work environment over at the Houston front office and with the entire team, nothing good happening there. So moving on from the JJ Watt news this week, Mr. Mitchell McDonald, huge Chargers fan, obviously huge Chargers fan. And I'd love to talk some Chargers draft stuff. If you're down for that. Obviously always down for that. Gotcha. Let's do it. 
if we were to stay at where we're at, I would like to get Rayshon Slater because we need offensive line. We basically ran out there with a key and peel skittered offensive line. We had Storm <laughs> Norton and a guy named Forrest Lamp. That's his name. <laughs> Starting. Jeez, so man. I, my dream is we somehow find a way to trade up just ahead of the Bengals so we can get Penny Sewell, reunite him with Herbert, but mm-hmm. it, it would take a lot. Right. Yeah. I can't and think realistically, of any. Realistically, we could probably look for another power back just because Eckler's not that in any right. way. Yeah, definitely. I I could see you guys get – I mean, I'm not a huge Chargers connoisseur like you are, but – I agree. They it would be nice to see a power back in LA because Eckler is obviously not that, but he sometimes can rush between the tackles, but definitely not his strong suit there. So yeah, as far as Washington in the draft, I've been of a long time thought that we need a receiver because literally our weapons. I mean, me and Jaden have had talks in the past and more recently, like they're not as bad as I thought they were, like as it plays in my mind. Like we got Logan Thomas, we got Terry, we got J.D. McKissick, who's a great receiving option. Antonio Gibson catches some balls. Like I would love to see, I don't think we're going to get a quarterback in this draft is what it's trying to say, because I'm not a huge fan of the draft prospects coming up. Like a lot of mock drafts have us going maybe Trey Lance and Trey Lance played like two games this year, like, and Mac Jones maybe, but you put, he's more of like an AJ McCarron type guy. Like when I think of Mac Jones, I think AJ McCarron, AJ McCarron, a backup in this league, you know? Oh, don't do that to Mac. He's better than him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, AJ McCarron, like, he was a dog. I loved AJ McCarron, but I think it's really similar. Like Jones's situation is really similar to McCarron's and I can't see Jones having a great impact in the NFL, but I'm not a draft scout. So some team probably could very well take a chance on him in the first round, but I don't think it should be Washington. I don't like Trey Lance. And it's not like I can't see us trading up to get a top five pick. I think trading for a quarterback, I've seen some rumors about Marcus Mariota and I, I'd like that, you know, he did start in this league at some point. So it's not necessarily a huge risk there and not a huge reward either, but I think we're just risking too much by taking a quarterback in the first round and towards the end of the first, not liking our options. I would love to see us take a receiver. I don't know what kind of receivers are going to be available at that point, but we'll see how it shakes out. Jaden, what are your thoughts on the Steelers in this upcoming draft? So the obvious pick feels like it should be, you know, running back or lineman. I've seen a lot of linemen. And it's also not – hasn't historically been smart to take a running back in the first round, mm-hmm. but – if Creed Humphrey, uh, the center from Oklahoma, is gone, and if the top tackles are gone, 
I mean, obviously Sewell's going to be gone, but Darisol, those types of guys could be gone by then. I don't hate a Najee Harris pick at 24 because Connor's probably going to be let go and our line can be addressed later in the draft. We've got, you know, we have all of our draft picks this year, so we're not going to be completely taken out of any way to get an offensive lineman later in the draft. But when you can get the top running back in the draft, who's like, he's as far as like draft boards go, he's the highest player on a lot of people's drafts, but it's just, it just feels not smart to take a running back in the first round. And we also draft very well in the second and third rounds. Mm -hmm. So I don't hate a running back, but if, you know, one of the top tackles is there, I definitely would like us to take one. Right. Mitch, I saw some suspicious looks at saying Najee was the best running back in the draft. What are your thoughts? I, I'm still on ETN. Listen, he just like reminds it. me of Alvin Kamara. Really? It's kind of I hard like to say ETN. no to him. I do. I, do. I like ETN, I do. But the way Harris runs, I feel like, is a lot better for what we're trying to do. Like, the way he's Pure power. Played. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also – he fits – Pittsburgh very well because he's one of the best pass blocking backs in the draft and that's what we've always targeted in prior years so I think he's a good pick for us there if you know if Harris is gone which I I don't really see happening unless the Jets who is our pick before us decide to go running back I don't think he'll be gone but if he is then I start transitioning to linemen or you know maybe trading back into the like the very like the first three or four picks of the second round and then take ETN but if, if Harris is there at 24 and no top lineman, or I feel like we should take it. I think, like, from my perspective, historically, Swiss Army Knife guys like ETN have, like, been miss or make in the NFL. Like, it's either they do nothing or you got a guy like CMC or you got a guy like Kamara. But there's not a, guy, a lot of guys that can do that successfully as a starter in the NFL. And – with ETN, I just don't like – it doesn't pop out at me like, oh, my God, this guy is going to be something special. Like, with CMC, he was a Heisman, like, candidate and probably, like, should have won it. And it was obviously obvious that that talent was there. And ETN, it's not popping out at me. Definitely an impressive player. Obviously had a great career with Clemson, but – I'm not sure if I'm feeling ETN. It's also hard to pop out with Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback. I will say that. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Their offensive line was much better as junior year, too. They, the whole team looked a little off last year on Clemson just because there was less weapons on the line and receiver. Yeah, definitely. And then it didn't help them in the national championship game when they lost their captain on defense at linebacker. So, yeah. But let's move on from draft talk and let's get your thoughts on Justin Herbert, Mitch. I mean, we were talking about him on the podcast the other day and there's nothing not to love unless you don't like something in Justin Herbert. What are your thoughts? Initially, well, I was the fan that Jaden was talking about when he said I panicked when he was starting (laughs) over Tyrod. In my mind, I had envisioned exactly what Alex Smith and Pat Mahomes had mm-hmm. thrown behind a game manager, learn to go through your routines, find a smart pass at all options, and then put them in the second year. But 
he was amazing. And we had the worst offensive line in the entire league. I have nothing but promise from him. He reminds me a lot of Pat, the way he throws and some of the throws he makes. Mm-hmm. I've got nothing but bright side from him. Yeah, definitely. I think, and he's got solid weapons there. I'm a huge Mike Williams guy. I think he's one of the most athletically gifted receivers in the league. He's just freakish. And you got a guy like Keenan Allen, obviously going to be a staple. So he's got weapons to throw to. And with the offensive line getting better, do you see those stats going up? For Herbert? Oh, yeah. he can he can make it to 40, I think. Yeah. Make it to 40 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Probably scratching around 5K mm-hmm. at some point. Maybe not next year. Especially if we don't re-sign Hunter Henry. But yeah. there's promise. He made yeah. a lot of no-name guys look good, like Jalen Guyton, Tyrone Johnson, Donald Parham. They all look pretty good with him. Right. Yeah. I think there's nothing but promise with Herbert there. Tyrod's an upcoming free agent this year. Do you think you're going to end up letting him go? Oh, yeah. We're, yeah I mean, unless he signs something really team-friendly, I, I don't see right. him staying. Yeah. Poor guy, man. This man cannot catch a break. I liked him in Buffalo when he was like doing his thing, like as a starter. I liked him, but he hasn't just hasn't got the shot since. That was like their first playoffs in twenty years, and then they immediately cut him. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he goes to Cleveland and get benched for Baker, and then he comes to LA and gets benched for Herbert. Right, because of a After punctured lung. Right, from the team doctor. God, Come on. Oh, I'd hate that guy. Worf? Oh my! If I was Tyrod Taylor, like you had the starting spot, unless something happened, you were probably going to be the starter for a while, and the doctor punctures your lung and you're out of a job. Right. Jeez, and you probably. Brandon, might not... I think we might... <laughs> we really might have the worst medical staff in the league because like half of our defense was hurt last year. <laughs> it's so bad. It can't be Washington not detecting cancer in Trent Williams. Like, that was terrible. And he wanted to leave after that. I was like, respect. <laughs> like, I guess that's cool because we forgot that you had cancer. Like, the medical team could seem to figure that part out. And that was just – that was in the worst times of Washington. And I was like, oh, that is so terrible. Like, leave, please. Do, do better things somewhere else. But, yeah, so I think that just about covers it. Unless you boys want to do any – cover anything else? I, I would just like to say, Kane, I don't know why you're not higher on Mac Jones. You guys got a lot of salary cap room. You can sign one of those big-name receivers maybe. There's Galladay, Fuller. Yeah. Maybe Godwin. Maybe That's Robinson. True. You know, I didn't even – I'm not going to lie. I didn't even think about the free agent aspects yeah, of us picking up. Yeah. I mean – And Mac Mac makes smart decisions. Right. I also I, don't – I don't think Trey Lance is the worst pick for you guys either because he is so raw. I, I know. I know. He's – I think he'll be gone by 19 personally. <laughs> but he is so – like he's such a raw – he has so much raw skill that – you know, you sit in behind Alex Smith, and the last time someone sat behind Alex Smith, they have been to the last two Super Bowls. Now, very good point. Uh, so, I think but how Trey much Lance, longer is the amputee going to play? 
Hey, you don't know what, you don't need him to play. As long as he can play long enough to teach him what to do, then you're fine. Right. I, I don't think yeah. I think you'd have to trade up from 19, honestly, which, you know, maybe where you draw the line. I think he ends up honestly, my like for him would be if Atlanta and Carolina swap picks and Trey Lance ended up in Atlanta behind Matt Ryan, let him do that little sit behind thing for a year and then either cut or trade Matt Ryan. But I think he'll be gone by 19, but I don't think he's the worst fit there. Mm hmm. I don't know. I, you take it at face value. He's a quarterback at North Dakota State, North, North Dakota. See, I don't say that very often, so came out a little fuzzy. <laughs> but he's a quarterback at North, uh, North Dakota State, and he only played like two games this year. So North Dakota, North Dakota. State. <laughs> there we go. Sounding out my letters. But, I mean, there, he has gotten a lot of praise, but I just don't like every everything that surrounds Trey Lance. Like, I don't know. Just but, And in the gut, it just doesn't feel good. And the, th the one thing that does deter me away is that you did sign Heineke. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah. there's only so much you can take away from one game, but it's not like, you know, he had – some nice throws. He was able to move out of the pocket, good pocket presence, good accuracy, solid arm. Like, yeah. again, only so much you can take from one game, but there was not like, it wasn't like a fluke game. Like he right. just consistently kept putting drives together. So, and against the Super Bowl winning defense. Yeah. At that. And yeah. the pass rush that gave Patrick Mahomes hell all night. So there may be something there. I don't know if you'd say, you know what? get rid of everything we're going in on this guy but there's definitely promise yeah i mean i love tiny i couldn't believe what he did against the bucks i i knew we were going to lose that game so i took it as a win that taylor heineke like played like brett Favre in that game i mean he was gunslinging the first drive first couple drives you could obviously tell that it was taylor heineke and he hasn't started a game ever so wasn't looking too bright at first, but then he just, he get that, he got that confidence and he started to almost look like Baker, you know, like as, especially with his scrambling ability, it reminded me a lot of Baker, but Better he might, I, that category. right. I, I don't know, but like, I'm definitely happy. I would have hated to see him go. Like, especially after a game like that in the playoffs, I'm super happy. We got him on the deal that we got him for. I don't think he's going to be a starter next year. I don't, I don't think, think so. Either. Yeah. Mm. You still have Smith. He's yeah. perfect game manager. Right. Yeah. yeah. And with the team that you've got, like the defense is going to continue to get better. All you really need is a game manager. And you mm. play Alex Smith until he doesn't want to or can't play. And then you put it in. He loses his, his leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really gets tackled. And then you got to figure something else out. Right. But. And then you put Heineke in. If that doesn't work, then you move on from there. Then you, you know, start looking in the drafts, start looking at the trades. But this is this is a perfect year for Washington to need a quarterback because there are a lot of guys hitting the market, and I don't think they may regret it. Regret it if they end up staying stagnant. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that just about does it for this week's podcast. But Mitch, it was great to have you on, man. We'll definitely have you on in the future, and can't wait for it, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Of course.
course. So we'll catch you next week and everybody stay safe. Thank you very much.